Hey everyone, James here. Just wanted to drop in this note at the top of the episode. Because Boyna's Blob is a Nintendo game, uh, it doesn't really have a whole lot of music in it. And as we'll discuss in the episode to come, uh, we weren't particularly impressed with the remakes music. So I decided to return to the tried and true Overclocked Remix to look for a specific remix that I remember Matt and I enjoying quite a bit when we were younger. Uh, this is the Boy and His Blob Cyborg Blobby remix um, by Maze Dude. Um, also, if you're not familiar with OverclockedRemix.org, I encourage you to check it out. So anyway, uh, let's get to it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm okay. ready too. My name is James. And my name is Matt. And, and we're, we're talking, talking about, about games these days. Um, and specifically the game we are talking about, or a couple of games we're talking about. Well, broadly speaking, we're talking about the Boy and His Blob franchise. Yes. The, se- the well-known trilogy <laughs> of Boy and His Blob games. Um, specifically, we're talking in-depth about David Crane's Boy and His Blob. Yes. And the uh, 2009 reimagining, simply called Boy and His Blob. Yeah. Um, the original game came out in... You said 1998? I saw it 89. Okay. On the 89, that's wiki. Um, so that's David Crane's Boy and His Blob. Uh, there was a sequel made. Um, 20 years later. <laughs> oh no, sorry. The sequel was made the next year. Not quite. Um, yeah, <laughs> so the direct sequel is made next year in 1990, which is uh, David Crane's The Rescue of Princess Blobette. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Yeah, 20 years later, uh, released on the Wii or initially was just regular old boy and his blob, and then it sort of disseminated out into modern consoles. Yeah, we played it on PC. Yes. Uh, when Boy and His Blob was released originally on the NES, uh, it had we had such such legends as Ghosts and Ghouls mm. on Sega yeah. alongside it. Uh, there's like Mega Man Two, Ducktales mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. out then, uh, Castlevania Three, okay, some other heavyweights. Yeah, <laughs> um, in nineteen ninety, which is the year that I looked at, um, we got the the first Fire Emblem game mm-hmm. um, on the Famicom, uh, Mario Brothers Three, uh-huh. uh, Mario Brothers World in Japan, uh-huh. um, and the Final Fantasy re- US release. It is really weird to think that Mario Three came out over here right at the same time as Mario World was coming out in Japan yeah yeah <laughs> um one thing that I I had a thought about while I was playing this game is this might be the first time that I've seen an example of not maybe the first time that we've seen like an auteur developer but the first time that I've really seen or the earliest example of someone being credited as Having blah, blah, a game's game title. right, yeah, which is not even something you really see that much now. Although the concept of like an auteur game developer is a more 
present one in our current culture. Yeah. Molino would probably. Right, or like Kojima, Kojima. Uh, Suda51, people like that that yeah. have a strong sort of development aesthetic. Yeah, that seems fair. Because uh, I can't think, or, or there's like, there's James Cameron's Avatar right. or whatever. Right, yeah. Um uh, or like Stephen King often, or like Tom yeah. Clancy. Yeah, his his, his <laughs> name is slathered all over his games, even though he actually has nothing to do with that, as far as I know. Yeah, it's a weird amount of trading on his name. <laughs> I can't imagine the people that like his games are really into his novels necessarily. I don't. I, don't <laughs> I mean, I don't want to slag on Tom Clancy, but I don't know that anyone's really into <laughs> no. his novels. It's this weird, like, cultural. Uh, like zeitgeisty kind of like we all everyone knows who Tom Clancy is. Yeah, he's he writes political thrillers that get made into like big media things. But I'm not sure why. <laughs> no, <I guess. laughs> no. Uh, so what what uh, what genre would you say that the? Well, I I I had it down as a puzzle platform game. I think that's fair. Um, although like we were talking about earlier. Uh, before we recorded, it isn't a platforming game in the traditional sense. No. Because there isn't any jumping, at right. least in the original. Yeah. And even any, any uh, I mean, like, there's maybe some, like, timing stuff, like, wait to run until this moment. Yeah. But it really, like, you can move left and right. I guess if you're bouncing on the trampoline, mm-hmm. you can. You're climbing up the, the ladder. That's the best you can do for jumping. Uh, I said, like, puzzle adventure game. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't. It's maybe more of a side scroller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puzzle side scroller. Yeah. Kind of with like early open world elements. Yeah, surprisingly. Or at least like multiple paths. Yeah. Yeah. At least the first game. Yes. Uh, The second game, we. So. Our confession is that we didn't really play much of the second (laughs) game. Uh, It didn't seem... We have, have like, a lot of uh, uh, nostalgia for the first game because we both played it a lot when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that didn't necessarily carry through to the second game on the Game Boy. No. Um, The second game on the Game Boy, I think you can say generously is completely unnecessary. Yes. Um, It does absolutely (laughs) nothing new with the game except for it's got a different level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it could just be a... In the same way that, like, Super Mario The Lost Levels... Right. ...is kind of like it's just more Mario. Yeah. Except this is, like, more Boy This Blob ported to a less performant platform. Yeah. And we were talking about, too, like, 90 was, like, the first time that Game Boy stuff started coming out. So it was sort of that first batch Mm -hmm. of uh, Game Boy games when they didn't have a good handle on how best to use it yet, you know? Yeah. And maybe if you're being, uh, if you're being generous, you could say that it is at least impressive in the sense that it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Like accurately emulates the game or the Nintendo version right if, down I mean, to having the exact same music yeah and the sap- exact same interface and right. the exact same graphics yeah except slightly worse right which makes it almost like a port almost, almost yeah except for different different levels. levels and this time they've somehow managed to come up with a gendered blob princess <laughs> for you to be rescuing right yeah because <laughs> your your blob friend needs a girlfriend he needs a blob mate 
Mm-hmm. Just like a normal, healthy, heterosexual right. alien blob. <laughs> and, you know, the only thing uh, differentiating her from the blob is that she has a little bow on she her head. She has a bow. <laughs> yeah. Can we interject to uh, David Crane real quick? Yeah. Um, Pitfall. Yes. Was the other game. And actually, I, I did read up on another one. Oh, yeah? That I think will be surprising. Night Trap. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, Incredible. He actually worked on Night Trap. Yeah. That's amazing. Man, <laughs> so, someday, you know. someday we're going to have to do Night Trap. <laughs> I would love like to do, like, uh, maybe take a year just out on really bad FMV games. Uh-huh. It would be so good. Yeah, we'd have material to work with, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so notably he worked on um, Pitfall 1 and 2, um, which were pretty big games. Um, for the Atari? Atari. And I don't know, that that's around the area when there was like, there were, I don't know, consoles that we're personally less familiar with, and it seems like yeah. there was sort of like a smattering of less well-adopted ones. Yeah. So I don't know if it came out for Atari first, or mm-hmm. like if it became popular on Atari. Yeah, that was kind of the, the original like video game golden age when consoles were like weird computer peripherals, and yeah. there were like ten different ones. And yeah. Yeah. Um, But he worked on this game specifically because he felt like it would be a step forward for that specific sort of like pitfall style. Yeah. uh, A platformer or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, And then honestly, I don't know why they decided to make the remake, except that the company, the parent company for Way Forward, which also worked on, like did the... uh, Updated version of uh, Shantae and the oh, okay. sequel to that game. Yeah. Uh, that's the same company. Hmm. Uh, the people that own them also own the rights to Boyna's Blob. Okay. So maybe they thought... Like, I, I they... thought that I read an interview somewhere where the guy was like, oh, like this is you know, a beloved game from my childhood, and I, I was so happy to get the opportunity to you know work on the remake of it or whatever. Man, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe his impression of what was going was different than ours. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Uh, because the newer game, well, I guess we don't need to say much about it. It's, so it maybe has more platforming elements. Yeah, definitely. You do jump. Yeah. Um, Very small little jumps. Yeah. Um, but in the same way, like, you mostly rely on the blob to solve problems for you. Right. And you are in charge of telling him what method to use and where to use it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The blob's a multi-tool. You apply him where appropriate. Right. Um, so do you want to talk about the setting of the game? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um. start out on earth um and then kind of go into this weird like cave system underneath a subway yeah um and then once you've uh completed that level then you go to blah 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 um <laughs> which is like 
a forest and then a cornfield and then a weird factory. Yes. Um, notable features of Blobolonia are that like sweets and candies are bad guys. Yeah. Also popcorn. Yeah. Well, because popcorn is a candy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it feels it's weird. It feels like that sort of like uh, what's the game? Uh, Captain Novelin. There's a couple of like weird sort of like almost public service announcement games yes. that came out in that time that was like, oh, always brush your teeth. Right. Or... This does feel like it has bits of that where like you, you go to the planet where the bad guys are candy right. and you fight them using vitamins. a Vita Blaster yeah, yeah. that shoots vitamins out. Also, there, there's like the weird part at the very end where you're like dodging teeth. That's yeah, kind of the teeth do happen too. That's weird true. and creepy and out of place. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like they they kind of had a loose theme, but then <laughs> for some reason they they were just kind of missing the mark a little bit. Like oh, like teeth have to do with tooth decay and candy, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, or like popcorn is kind of like candy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, there's there's the cherry bombs too. Yeah, that aren't really like that's not. That's not candy. I mean, what if they're maraschino cherry? Maraschino cherry bombs. <laughs> they're sweet. Um, they're really sugary. They're, okay, I guess I'll give them um, that. So right, like you've got marshmallows, yeah, cherries, popcorn, teeth, yeah, and maybe like little peppermint sparkles. <laughs> oh yeah, but those give you extra lives for some reason. Those ones are okay. Yeah. Do they give you extra lives? Yeah, if you oh. collect like five of them. Oh okay. I hadn't quite figured out what those are for. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so there's, there's the human world that you're used to that has like a secret underground network of tunnels uh-huh. that has bouncy killer centipedes in it yes. and hidden treasure. Yeah. And then once you get done with that, you get to go to the alien world uh-huh. where there's some sort of ill-conceived mishmash of <laughs> uh, sweets and stuff. Uh-huh. That's, I don't know what I would call that setting. Al- alternate present? <laughs> Sure, yeah. (laughs) Sci-fi 90s. Yeah. Um, And then in the new game, uh, it's just like different themed worlds. So you've got like the forest and like the city and like the caves. Yeah. That's kind of like like children's storybook fantasy. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. oh, you go out into the forest to explore and you find shadow creatures and uh-huh. hidden treasures, and then you go back to your treehouse to rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of story, uh huh. What's the story in this game? <laughs> There might as well not be one. Right. So um, in the grand tradition of Nintendo games, uh, especially like this style that are very like mechanics forward, um, there isn't really a story. You've got a boy and he's got a blob. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's an evil king blob. Yes. Uh, who's evil for some reason. Yes. Probably because there is trouble on Blobolonia. Yes. 
it's never I don't think it's ever really laid out what the troubles <laughs> are uh, other than when you finally like fight your way to him he puts the blob in a cage yes which is mean that's true although you have also just come to his world and shot your way through forests and fields of corn and his <laughs> candy factory to get to him. I don't know. It's... Maybe the fact that he has the candy, maybe he built the candy factory and that's why he's evil because candy is evil. Yes, that's that's probably the most sense we can make out of it. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the, the second, like the remake... We gotta save the princess. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... So in the, in the sequel, there's a princess in a cage. Yeah. For some reason. And everybody knows what to do with that. Right. You save the princess and then they get married. Yeah. Great. It's um, really like the laziest storytelling in the world. <laughs> in the remake, there's similarly not really a story. Yeah. You you find the blob crash lands in like a meteor strike or something. Uh-huh. You find the blob, you become friends with the blob. There are also shadow creatures in the woods. Right. And for some reason you set off. On a quest. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. You do that. And yeah. and like the evil king is definitely in the remake too, yeah. but he's like the third boss, not the last boss. Yeah. The last boss is Weird Cthulhu Man. Emperor Blob Emperor creature. Thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then you beat him and you're happy. Yeah. There isn't really a story. No. <laughs> there aren't really characters per se. <laughs> oh, There's no, no dialogue. Well, no, there are. There's the boy. There's Blobbert. <laughs> what? Blobbert. Who's that, Blobbert? Is that the Blob's name? That's his full name. Okay. It's mentioned in the instruction manual. His oh, name okay. Is okay. That's that's some deep lore. You're yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the princess. So there's got to be some sort of like uh, monarch monarchy going on. Oh yeah, that's that's true. On Blobolonia. Yeah. Maybe that's what the trouble is. Is the monarchy. Or, okay, <laughs> if we're linking the first two games together, uh-huh. how about if, so when the evil king takes power, uh-huh. he puts the princess in the cage uh-huh. and then also exiles Blobbert, Blobbert to... Is Blobbert a prince? Maybe. Okay. He's not wearing a crown. No. But he could be a prince. And certainly once he marries the princess. Yeah, he's definitely. A so so maybe your first poses the old king. Yeah, your first quest is to depose the evil king. Yes. And then after you do that you have to save the princess. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And then who knows what happens in the last game? <laughs> yeah, I mean the remake there's nothing. <laughs> right. I don't know. I felt like they were maybe tor- like trying to like swerve towards a vaguely environmental message but like it's not really ever explicitly yeah laid out then the only reason i say that is because a lot of the monsters are very goopy yeah like they do look like they could be sort of 90s toxic sludge pollution yeah. monsters right yeah, yeah yeah um especially like the bosses and the environments that you like the levels you fight the bosses in yeah uh, tended to be sort of like factory or industrial settings. Okay. So maybe that's maybe that's a thing. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but the real meat of the game is the actual gameplay. Yeah.
you've got control over the board. Yes. Right? You can run left and right, you can throw jelly beans, you can whistle. Yeah. Um, or call the blob. Call out to the blob. Yes. Which contextually does different things. Yeah. Um, your movement itself is a little bit slippery. Yeah. Kind of in the same way that, like, like in an ice level, you kind of like you, you don't have, a lot have of momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not you a lot of friction. <laughs> you don't immediately stop, and in fact, you can kind of do like a one of those like sort of like swerve stops where you like screech. Yeah, um, and you can even hole. do the like the Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like run off the cliff until you notice that you're off the cliff, and then you can run in air for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of fun. It's kind of cute that they did that. I don't know yeah. if it's actually useful. But I, I was never able to use it effectively to yeah. do anything, but it is a nice little touch. And we're talking about the, the Nintendo game yes. for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think that made it into the remake. No. Um, the controls in the remake are basically the same, except instead of whistling, you cycle through, like, I don't know, two voice clips of a small child saying, Blob! Come here! Hey, Blob! Hey! <laughs> Which is very annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah, somehow the uh, the repetitive, like, boy's whistle sound in the Nintendo <laughs> manages to be less annoying right. than these weirdly, like, repetitive clips. Yeah. The new one. Um, it has much tighter controls Yeah. Um, but in the remake, but I feel like the jumping is weird. Like, they didn't do a good job of, like... like figuring out like distances i felt like oftentimes i was trying to make jumps that i thought would like get me over to the next platform and it wouldn't yeah it's hard to get a sense of what you were what you're supposed to jump to versus what you're supposed to use the blob to assist you to get to yeah and like you can you can barely jump at all in yeah. a new game it's a very heavy jump yeah it's not like a traditional sort of platforming jump right uh, maybe even, uh, like, I don't know, more akin to, like, Limbo or, like, um, Blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You're not Mario. Right. You're not Alucard in Castlevania. <laughs> uh, I did notice that later on in the new Boyness Blob, you get one of those little, like, not little, like, big, like, inflatable balls with handles on them. It's oh, the yeah, yeah. forms you can use so you can bounce on that uh-huh. to sort of have a slightly better jumping experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, speaking of that, one of the main ways that you interact with the environment is by feeding jelly beans to the blob. Right. And depending on what you feed him, there is like a, like a punny sort of result. Right. So like if you give him a licorice, he turns into a ladder Uh because licorice ladder, strawberry bridge. Uh, I'm not sure about Strawberry Bridge. Yeah, I don't know. You, so some of them are a bit of a stretch. <laughs> key lime is pretty good. He turns yeah, yeah, into yeah, a key. Yeah. Applejack. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Punch is a hole. Yeah. Um, cinnamon turns him into a blowtorch. That, yeah. Uh, tangerine trampoline. trampoline. Cola is a bubble. Uh-huh. And then root beer rocket. Root beer rocket. And orange is the Vita Blaster. Which I don't really know what, what good that is. Oranges have vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> so that carries over into the remake. But they handle it a little differently. So in the original version, um, you are given a set amount of jelly beans at the beginning of the game. Yeah. So let's say you have like 10 licorices. Right. You'll have 10 licorices f- for the rest of the game. Right. Unless it's... you find 
the replenishment. Right. So there are a couple of uh, like caches of vitamins that you can pick up in the original world. Um, but you you basically you're stuck with what you got. Yes. Um, in the new one, you are your selection is much more limited. So per level, you're given ec- like ec- a selection of like four different jelly beans yeah. or you know however many. Yeah. But you have unlimited uses of them, and so it's more a matter of just using the right ability for the right thing right. instead of puzzle solving. Yeah. Well, I mean like there's there's less guesswork involved yeah. in the in the remake. In the original game, all it tells you is what the flavor is, not what the bean actually does. Right. And once you use the bean, you've used it up. In the new one, all it tells you is what the bean does, yeah. and you can use it as many times as you want. Um, another thing that they've added that I actually like as a quality of life and up, update is uh, you can aim your beans. Yeah. Um, so if you hold down the throw button, um, you get like a little dotted line that'll show you where you're going to throw it. Yeah. Versus in the original, you just kind of whoop. Yeah. And then hope that, <laughs> that, that the blob catches it. Yeah. Um, it is kind of cute. If you throw it and miss in the first one, he'll get a little unhappy face. It's a sad face. So you feed and, him another one? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> if you, like, throw it straight up and, like, over his head, he'll jump to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's cute. <laughs> I definitely feel like the blob has a lot more personality in the first game, which is weird. It is. Because... Considering he's just pixels in the first one. Like, yeah, like, to kind of give give you an idea of what he looks like, he looks like... Someone made two-thirds of a snowman and yeah. then gave up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's got like a big round base and then just a head coming out of the top. Yep, that's it. <laughs> um, but he does, he has like like eyes and a, and a nose and a, like a little smiling face. Yeah. And he kind of like, you know, jumps around and bobs and looks around at the environment and follows uh-huh. you. Whereas in the, in, the, in the remake, he's much more of just like a blob. Yeah. With, like, eyes. Yeah. Although, in the remake, you can hug him. Yes, that's true. You can also scold him, oh. which I could never bring myself to do. What? Why? I don't know. Oh. I, I don't know why they would give you an option to be mean to the blob. I wonder if there's a morality system. Is there, like, a good and a bad ending for how know. you treat the blob? <laughs> Man. I, I think that's a little much to expect in this game. <laughs> um... So, yeah, in the new one, they uh, limit your choices and get let you be a little bit more forgiving about it. Yeah. Also, something that doesn't seem to stop happening, I was watching a long play and I was still noticing it, is that a lot of the puzzle solutions are signposted, like literally signposted yes. in the remake. You're really, like, you're not... There's a lot of stuff in the remake that doesn't feel like it's puzzle solving, it's direction following. Yeah. And, you know, it, instead of seeing a platform above you and cycling through beans until you find the one that will turn the blob into something that will get you up there, there's a platform above you and then a sign that has a ladder on it. Yeah. And then when you open up your bean menu, you find the bean that is labeled with a ladder and you use it where the sign is, right? And then you've beat the puzzle. You can't tell, but I'm putting those in <laughs> extremely sarcastic air quotes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, are there any strictly new uh, things in the remake other than the ability to jump? I mean, there are like new blob powers. There are new blob powers. You can actually kill the enemies. Yes, that's instead true. Instead of just interfering with them or yeah. stopping them from killing you, basically, is what happens in the first one. Yeah, um, that's true. In the remake, you can uh, you can drop objects on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can can you kill them with a bowling ball? Yeah, some of them. You can you can drop them through a hole right into, into water. Or, yeah, something. And eventually you can get the powered-up blob suit. Right, which is like a weird, like, exoskeleton blob armor. Yeah, like a weird mecha thing. Yeah. Um, There's a couple little things in the the first one. If you you have, like, three layers of platforms Mm -hmm. and you make a hole, you can fall through the hole onto the next platform, call the blob to you. And the hole will drop down underneath of you, and then you'll fall through the hole again. Yeah. So, like, you can go through a sequence of using the same hole over and over again. They didn't keep that in the remake, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, and something I noticed in general is oftentimes the way that the map is arranged in the remake, you have to use the blob to do a thing and then call him. Mm-hmm. And then go to the next screen and use the blob to do a thing and then call him. And I think that's really where I started to get annoyed with the, like, the sound clips. It's just, like, how <laughs> yeah. much you have to, like, be like, hey, come here. Okay, do this thing. Hey, come here. Yeah. Because it won't, I don't know, it, the way that the puzzles are laid out, you just have to do it so frequently. Yeah. And it's, it's just, like, it, it's an obligate action. Like, it's not, there's no strategy or timing to it right. most of the time. Yeah. All you need to do is say, hey, I'm done with this. Move on to the next one. And I'm not sure if that needed to be like an action that you perform repeatedly. Yeah. You know. The only time you can really use it strategically is if you need to position yeah. the blob in a very specific area. And that actually can be kind of tricky. Yeah. Um, in the original game, he usually stays like one blob width away from you. Yeah. Um, and positioning him like specifically can be a little tricky. Uh, there are a couple of ways to get around that. You can either, uh, there's a jelly bean that's ketchup that will just spawn you, or spawn him wherever you throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I saw um, was that if you turn him into a blowtorch, you can pick him up and directly place him something right. somewhere. So when you call him, he'll just return in that place. Yeah, you can do that with the uh, the vanilla umbrella. Too. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually... There are a couple of interesting quality of life things that are in the first two games that didn't make it into the remake, uh, which is odd. But um, so one of the things uh, that's kind of impressive about the first game, at least, is just the level of um, uh, intelligence that's uh, in in the Blob's coding. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's really good at pathfinding. He's really good at, like going kind of like going where it's supposed to be for the screen yeah um and then like i said uh you can if you do get into a position where you've like if you're too many screens up um it's a little bit harder um you can just spawn them in with the ketchup right but another thing that i noticed is if you're like one screen separated from him um it will 
like the screen will linger on the blob's position yeah for a little bit like for a couple of seconds um and it still allows you to switch through your jelly beans so if you're in a position where like you jump up to you know another level um then you can throw the um like the honey jelly bean down and the screen will actually follow it and it'll spawn the blob like directly under where the jelly bean is yeah like he'll move into position to catch the bean as it falls right that's not something that happens in the remake that's true and i don't know why well in the remake the blob is a lot more mobile that's true he can like jump a lot higher weirdly yeah also the bean stays on the ground yeah whereas in the original it just disappears that's true if it hits the ground the blob doesn't catch it then it's gone yeah uh so maybe that kind of like Kind of evens that out. Although, so I'm thinking of one of the extra levels in particular. Um, but the, I think the jumping is actually less helpful than yeah. it is, um, than it's supposed to be. Because what he decides to jump um, is very hard to predict. Yeah. So like distances of a certain length, he'll just jump up and follow you. But after that length, like, so it's not like something like anything on the same screen he can jump up to, but anything one screen away he can't. Right. It's not that simple. Um, I think maybe just because of the more, like, complex way that games are built now. Yeah. Like, you could maybe generously say on the Nintendo game that they actually just built the games, like screen by screen oh yeah you know so there would be that actual like separation you could program around right but my guess is that with the remake they build like the whole level fully rendered yeah and then it's just what your camera can see at the time oh yeah definitely well and and to an extent just because the newer remake has so many different possible states for the game to be in. Mm-hmm. It's hard to account for all that. Yeah. Uh, and you can't really finesse it in the same way that you could on the Nintendo, where there's really only so many possibilities, like so many positions that the blob could possibly right. end up in. Uh, I think, too, that there's a little bit of inconsistency in the newer one with when the puzzle demands that the blob can't get to you, it doesn't let him get to you in circumstances where you feel like he should be able to, mm-hmm. or in other times where, you know, he might be perfectly happy to chase a bean down a hallway and like down a pit to get to it. Because in this puzzle, you're not supposed to do that. He doesn't. Uh-huh. So uh, the one that I'm thinking of, I think was the third like challenge level for the first um, stage mm-hmm. um, is like an area where you have to do a lot of trampolining. Yeah. Up. Um, but in order to bring the blob with you after a certain point, you also have to throw honey jelly beans down to him so he'll turn into a bird and come up and get you. Yeah. And after a certain point, I was having a really hard time because what the blob will do is if he's in a position where he can't jump up to you, he'll still try and move towards where your character is. Yeah. But underneath your character, underneath that platform. Right. Um, Which is difficult. Yeah. To toss beans to him under those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's frustrating. Also, there's no ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which is interesting. That, like I was kind of saying, I think I kind of wonder if the reason that the ketchup beans were in there in the first place was because they realized that there were just going to be situations where the player could lose the blob and have no hope of ever getting him back. Yeah. So like, okay, like we'll give them a, you know, get out of jail free card basically. Yeah. Uh, and maybe in the new one, since they are so, um, I don't know, generous, I think, about letting the blob navigate the environment to catch up with you, they probably thought, well, that's not necessary in this case. Yeah. You know? Uh, because there, there are a lot of times like he can basically turn into a balloon to get to you whenever he wants to. Yeah. Uh, but that's only when it's convenient for him, not necessarily when you want him to. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So. Um, the the UI though for both of the games are fine. Yeah, I think honestly the only the only complaint that I have about the first one is that you have to press select continuously to cycle through the jelly beans. Mm, yeah. Uh, and they're in no particular order that I could figure out. Yeah. It's not like a like press pause, select the bean you want, and then unpause. It's like hit select until you see the one you want, and if you miss it, you have to go all the way around again. Yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like um, for the first game, they were working around the constraints of like it being a Nintendo game. Yeah. Um, and obviously something that comes with that is the Nintendo controller, which only has two, well, four inputs and then four directions. Yeah. So an A and a B, a start and select, and yeah. then up, down, left, right. I don't know. I still think, I, by like 89, I feel like they've had like a few years of experience already with Nintendo games. Like, I'm they should have been able to do a little better. I know that like, you know, the the obvious example of that would be like Mega Man, yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, that's a really good example. Is there... Can you quick swap abilities in the Nintendo Mega Man games? Do you know? Um, yeah, is it... Well, oh. Or did that not come along until Mega Man X? I know you can do it in Mega Man X. Yeah. I feel like there is a menu that you can bring down in Mega Man 2. I know you can definitely do it in a menu. I was just wondering if you could do it, like, outside of the menu. Oh, maybe not outside. Okay. Because I'm almost like, it is annoying to have to, like, select through to get to the one you want, but I also don't want to, like, bring up a menu to right. do it. Well, that, I think that is probably the other argument for it, is that it breaks immersion a little bit. Or it just you know? takes, I mean, like, considering a Nintendo game, it just takes time. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, you have to wait for the the menu to, like, render in. Yeah, that's true. So, um, in the, so the... The UI for Earth will tell you how much life you have, how many treasures there are left in the in the world, um, how much money you have, and then uh, down at the bottom it will show you what jelly bean you have uh, like equipped, mm-hmm. or if the blob is already transformed, it'll show you what that transformation is. Yeah. So it'll be like cat uh, like um uh, vanilla equals umbrella. Right. Um, then, and that's, that's clean. That's easy to access. It looks, it looks good. Um, and then in the new game, um, you just pull up a radial menu. Yeah. Uh, to select a jelly bean. And I don't, trying to think, I don't think there are any other UI 
Not really. I mean, they, like your map select screen. Oh yeah, is you looking at a map and moving your character around on a world map, sort of along paths. Right. That in that sense, it's uh, organized a little bit differently. So whereas um, the original game is really just you start off on Earth and then you go to Blobolonia. The remake yeah. is framed in like stages broken up into levels actually kind of in a more uh traditional nintendo style yeah you know you have your one 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 two one three one yeah. four one five et and cetera. then in each of those you can unlock the bonus levels right. with them um so instead of collecting treasures to buy vitamins in the remake you, there are three treasure chests per level if you grab them all then you unlock a souvenir yeah or thing which will uh, essentially unlocks like a challenge map um, and if you complete that it gives you concept art yes um, and that's it second one are hard yes they start out hard and they kind of stay hard yes um especially i mean again like since we're talking about nintendo games um what's in the game itself is actually very bare bones yeah you know um you're you get a splash screen at the beginning and then you're just in the game right there's no explanation there's no there's not even like an opening cut scene <laughs> yeah no i don't think so um there's nothing. So, uh, stepping into that, even after reading uh, the game manual, um, is pretty hard. Um, be- yeah, you're still trying to get your bearings in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and even once you know, like, technically know what you're doing, um, still navigating around the world is, is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um in the sense that you know that you're supposed to be getting treasures, but you don't necessarily, you don't know where they are. Or why, even, really. Yeah. Unless, yeah, unless you happen to walk all the way over to the vitamin store, it'll tell you how many vitamins you can buy for X amount of money. Yeah. If you Um, make the connection that those vitamins are somehow useful. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah. Um, and, And, of course, you know, again, like... You could very easily uh, just leave leave Earth without doing anything. Yeah, because you start out with the root beer jelly bean, and of right. course, root beer is a rocket. Right. You so you go to Blobolonia right away. Yeah. And then not be able to do anything yeah, there it's either. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. That is unfortunate. However, um, I do think. Uh, I, maybe we can get this a little bit more when. Uh, when we get to the improvements, but I found it not to be as hard, or, but yeah, not to be as hard. 
this time around. Whereas yeah. in the past, playing it as a kid, I found it very... Like, it's fun. It's fun to, like, go around and solve puzzles and stuff. Yeah. But it's it's also very aimless. Yeah. Um, and very punishing when you mess up. Yeah. Like, anything that you touch kills you. Yes. Falling more than a screen's worth of distance kills you. Yes. And that, like, if you don't know what to avoid, and even in, in times where you do know what to avoid, there's there's definitely times where you're just expected to punch a hole through the floor blindly, mm-hmm. and if you pick the wrong spot, you're going to fall to your death. Yeah. With no way that you could have possibly avoided that. Like, the only way that you can do it is go through it once, die, and then go back through it again. Right. And maybe, you know, again, like... Since it's an old game, uh, yeah. maybe they, you know, expected that you would keep your own map or, you yeah. know, draw one as you were playing it. That could be... Yeah. Um, That's a thing. Definitely. Um, with the new game, I don't... From what I played, I didn't feel like there was a difficulty curve. No. I didn't... It wasn't even difficult. No. <laughs> so... One of the things that I think we talked about when I first started playing with playing it, and I, this still holds true, is that there in in puzzle games and especially modern puzzle games, the way that they're built up, oftentimes you will have the tutorial part of the game, which is like you're new to the mechanics, so we're going to show you how the, they work. Uh, the classic, you know, sort of prevailing knowledge is. In a puzzle game, you show someone a circumstance where they need to use an element to solve it, and then you change that and have them do it themselves. Yeah. You know, or like uh, or like in Super Metroid, when you get the special abilities, like you're in a situation where you can't escape without doing the thing that you need to do to progress. Right. Um, so I expected a certain amount of tutorialization. Sure. I thought that's what the signposts were. Right. Um introducing me to a smattering of jelly beans each time and then at a certain point I would get to the rest the rest of the game right. in quotes <laughs> which yeah. is where it's not telling you what to do all the time and I have a more broad yeah. selection of choices and that doesn't ever really seem to happen it doesn't seem like it no which is frustrating it's such a weird design choice it makes me think that this game is specifically made for children. Me too. Like, um, I feel like the game was condescending a little bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> especially even given the opportunity to get the chests and get to the challenge levels, that's like two additional optional difficulty levels that you mm-hmm. actually don't ever need to approach to progress through the game. And yet, those things felt just as easy as the rest of the Yeah, game, I was going to say, know? I never felt like I was really doing anything special to get a chest. Yeah, like, I, I wasn't doing an extra level of problem solving. I was just like, oh, there's a chest down there, let me punch a hole to it. Yeah. Instead of moving on and completing the level. Yeah. I also felt like in the, in the first game, there was a fair amount of opportunity to get through areas using different strategies. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like like an incredible, you know, with breadth of options, mm-hmm. but maybe there's at least like two ways to solve any particular puzzle. You yeah. could you could, you know, burn the spider web with the cinnamon torch or you could punch a hole through the floor earlier so that you drop in before the spider yeah. web was there. Or you can you can use the Coca-Cola bubble to 
go through the falling boulder area, or you can use the umbrella to block the boulders. Can you use the bubble? Yeah. Oh, I didn't actually, know Actually, there's that. no reason to have the umbrella. The bubble is actually just better. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, little stuff like that. You know, hmm. you could use the ladder to climb up to that platform, or you could jump up on the trampoline. Right. I think the, the very specific times that you're actually asked to, quote-unquote, solve a puzzle, mm-hmm. there's usually only one way to solve it. Yeah. But in terms of how you traverse the world... You're given a pretty good smattering of options. Yeah, yeah, um, and the world is big enough to feel like you are actually exploring in the first yeah, one. Whereas definitely. in the, the third one, everything is such small little segments. Right. Like you, Every, don't, you don't need to make your own map. You would, a map wouldn't even be useful in the in the third one. Yeah, everything is is chopped up into discrete little, uh, you know, three or four puzzle encounters essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't think really. I mean, might might have done something for the game if, again, like it wasn't so focused on telling you how to solve each puzzle every time. Yeah, yeah. It never really. It, it, it's too handholdy. Yeah. It doesn't ever give you room to sort of find your own way. Yeah. Which is too bad. And mm-hmm. you know, you might rightly critique the first one for doing the opposite of that, for giving you absolutely right. no help whatsoever. And right. You just have to go through, but. But surely there's a happy medium. Right. If if <laughs> if the third one was meant to be a correction of that, they over-corrected. dramatically overcorrected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, how does it look? Let's talk about the graphics. Okay. Uh, we did this a little bit earlier. Yeah. I have a certain amount of affection for the way the first one looks. I think actually the first one doesn't look bad. I think the problem is. Um, the backgrounds can be very repetitive. Yeah. When they're not, they're nice looking. Like the, the, like urban areas Mm -hmm. are cool looking. Yeah. The factory areas are pretty cool. Uh, and like when they choose to incorporate background elements in the caves, like they look good. Yeah. There's some really like, uh, I don't know, like really good textury feelings. Yeah. It's um, not just solid colors or whatever. But more often than not, when you're going through the um, the the caves, especially, I noticed looked very repetitive. Yeah. Um, it's usually just black background with like orangey walls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like the uh, they got a little bit lazy in the like the forest slash cornfield part. Of <laughs> right. Which... So yeah, that that's not great. Um, <laughs> and then like. The cornfield is where you fight popcorn, so I guess yeah. that makes sense. There's a giant piece of corn yeah. towards it. Anyway, uh, the and the, like the character design is about as good as it can be, maybe for the Nintendo game. Uh-huh. Like, and and again, like I don't know if he had a part in the uh, uh, if uh, David Crane had a part in like the character design, but they like the boys specifically. Looks like a pitfall guy. He does look really pitfally. The way his legs move. Yeah, that sort of like tall, skinny, kind of lanky, like pixel style. Yeah. Which Um, gets replicated in the second one. Yes, perfectly. Yeah. Well, more or less. Um, And then in the new one, like, they're obviously going for a more hand drawn cartoon uh, style. Yeah, painterly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like chubby cute little characters uh-huh 
It doesn't look bad. It no. doesn't. It it doesn't feel as distinct. Yeah. Um. But but it there's nothing wrong with it. No. Uh, I I do kind of think that in terms of the the level design stuff, like. I really like the treehouse. Mm, like, it's mm-hmm. kind of cool that you have, like, a home base that's... I don't know. Treehouses are cool. Yeah. It has little towers and things to climb up to. Uh-huh. But it's a, it's it's kind of too bad that that set piece, that that sort of uh, um, attention isn't paid to the other levels. Yeah. Like, the other levels just end up feeling sort of like what they are. Like, chunks of platformy stuff sort of stuck together mm-hmm. to form the, the the puzzle that you have to navigate. Like, the, yeah. they don't feel like they are anything other than just chunks of the world. Right. Like they're, not, they're not buildings or, I don't know, a giant tree or a swamp or, like, I don't know. They, they feel really samey to me. Yeah. And actually, in some senses, I think that um, the, the remake was... A little like over animated yeah so obviously in the original one like uh, the animations are very simple very straight to the point right um, in the second one every or not second one but in the remake um, everything moves very slowly but um, I'm thinking specifically of like the um, the parachute Mm-hmm. So, like, when you turn the blob into a parachute, oh, yeah. he has an animation associated with him transforming into a parachute. Then you have to walk over to the parachute, pick it up, and put it in your backpack. Right. And then you can use it until you turn him out of a parachute, at which point he has an animation where he doesn't turn into a parachute anymore. And it's just, like... There's a lot of waiting. Yeah. It feels everything feels sort of slow and sluggish uh-huh. in that one, yeah. Um, which is weird because I mean, like the first game feels stiff too. It's, yeah, it's definitely Slippery. yeah. It's not a fluid game. No, but in the new one, it everything like takes too long and is heavy. Yeah, and it's especially evident in puzzles where you do have to move. With some sense of urgency because uh-huh. you feel like you're fighting the movement system the whole time right or like in a puzzle where so you come to a gap or you come to like a cliff and so you have to do the um the parachute so you do that watch the thing mm-hmm. do the parachute and then you have to use the blob to make a ladder so you do that do that watch the ladder animation watch him climb back up and like all of these things add up to you just not really doing much while you're waiting right. for the blob. Right. And when, when there's not much going on in the game anyway, it just ends up feeling really, like, slow. Yeah. And, like, it's wasting your time a little bit. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I also noticed it's locked at, like, 1300 by something resolution. Like, oh, you yeah? can't have it at 1920 by 1080. Huh. Seems a little bit weird. Given that does it's a seem PC weird. game. Yeah. Like you can't just, anyway, can't scale it up a little bit. <laughs> Sound? Um, let's talk about the sound design. Okay.
voice acting is like yeah, such as it is in the third game. <laughs> what are you talking about? There are voice like acting. three voice clips, maybe. <laughs> uh, sound weirdly compressed. Get really repetitive. Yeah, that's are completely yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, that's basically the beginning and the end of the uh, any sort of voice stuff. The sound effects. Uh, this is a really cool point in the first game. Yeah. So, alongside all of the sort of usual, you know, fairly appropriate sounding Nintendo sound effects. Uh, there's these little like musical cues that play yeah. when the blob transitions to different forms. background music track uh-huh. uh which this is a good opportunity for editing that in yeah uh but yeah it's it's really cool and effective and like it's i've never heard it not work so right like the programming for it is really tight yeah and and it's it's notable i think because i don't think i've really seen that integrated into a game before but also because uh, you know in the in the first game it's a nintendo game there's maybe like Four songs in total. Yeah. Um, and two of them... Really going, mostly two of them, yeah. Two of them you're going to be hearing a lot. Yeah. But that that extra little bit of variation every once in a while does kind of keep it fresh. Yeah. And because this is a Nintendo-era background music, and it's, it's, it's really well done. Like, I don't know, maybe some people think that the music in that game gets annoying, but... I just think it gets stuck in my head, and I kind of love it. Like, yeah, I it's very catchy. Myself. Yeah, and again, like that goes back to maybe you know that's a nostalgia thing for us. Yeah, since we have fond memories of the game, and I'm sitting there for hours and hours listening to it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I agree. I mean, both the um, both the Earth theme and the Blobolonia theme are are good. Yeah, and and like you said, those little like musical cues and flourishes do add enough variety to it that it doesn't seem like it's just the same yeah i don't know one or two minutes of song and you can and that's that's true that's the other point is that it's not only the transitional sound effects for the blob but it's actually the different musics for the different worlds so you can be on earth and it's playing the earth theme jump on the rocket it transitions to the rocket theme right and then after you've landed on blobolonia it transitions to the blobolonia theme mm-hmm. like seamlessly and the Blobolonia theme is like a slightly more serious, like sinister minor key rendition yeah. of the Earth theme, uh-huh. which just it just makes it sound like I don't know everything's really like tied together. It's really impressive. Yeah, <laughs> um, in the Game Boy game, um, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing, except you know through a Game Boy sound chip, so yeah. slightly worse. And then they don't do that in the remake. Yeah, no, not at all. It's such a missed opportunity. <laughs> so if if we can get anything from our opinion on the remake, it's that it's incredibly bland and boring. Yeah. And in the same <laughs> way, the music is incredibly bland. It's yeah. just like background music dot text. Like, yeah. Uh, it, it just sounds very like indie video game. Yeah. Um, which, I mean... That that's what it is, right? Sure, but <laughs> I don't know. It could it could have been better. I tried listening to the the whole soundtrack through a couple times, and like I did notice that there are a couple times where the composer we should talk about composer names. Oh yeah, uh, 
Mark Van Heck. Yep. Hecky. For the first one. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Alex DeMio mm-hmm. contributed on the second one and maybe the first one. The credits were a little bit weird about that. <laughs> and then uh, Daniel Sadowski uh-huh. uh, did the, the remake. Uh, Mark and Alex didn't really do a lot of other music for other games that you've heard of. Uh-huh. Sadowski worked on, <laughs> oh yeah, Counter-Strike, Go, and Dota 2. Okay. Interestingly enough. I think so, that fits. That it's, it's the same yeah, kind of music, right? And like, uh, okay, so he so he references the the old Blavolonia theme mm-hmm. and the the main theme a couple times, which is appreciated. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely and and like in his defense too, there's like thirty six different tracks on the new soundtrack right. as opposed to the four on the original. Well. But I feel like it's saying something that for all that new music, none of it's none memorable. Of it's, yeah, it's stand out. Yeah. <laughs> or like integrates together as tightly right. as the old stuff did. And again, like those those uh, flourishes and like transitional bits are completely gone. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. It's weird. If they could have if they did it on a Nintendo, you think it would be easier. Yeah. I mean it's it's still probably somehow a tricky concept to sync up that sort of stuff but like that it's not it's not uh um unexplored ground at this point right you know um i don't know i said that that the uh really like all of the music all the way through for the first game is memorable to me yeah like i have it memorized (laughs) clearly yeah uh and it's short i mean like if you want to listen to the soundtrack, it's like 15 minutes. Yeah, probably less, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, versus a whole game's worth of, you know, a whole modern game's worth of music. Yeah. But there's, like you said, there just doesn't seem to be anything that stands out about it. There's nothing that really, like, is earwormy. Yeah. In the same way. Unfortunate. And I don't know, you know, I wonder if that's uh, a matter of, like... I mean, obviously, nostalgia, again, plays into that. Um, but a matter of, like, the the sound uh, capabilities. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think this is something we've talked about before, but um, one of the things that I often find impressive about Nintendo or early console music is what people are able to produce despite the limitations. Yeah, definitely. Um, and working around those or within those to make something cool and interesting. Right. And just the, you know, variety of weird, like, bleeps and bloops that you have right. um, access to versus now, um, you know, yeah. you, could, you could put chiptune music in the remake but it wouldn't be as thematically taught because it doesn't feel a piece yeah. with the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot more, like, wide open. It's, it's a lot more... Uh, you don't have so many constraints in the medium. So if you can do anything, then... And everything seems equally valid. Right. Then, like, yeah, you're not... It's not, it's not quite the same situation to be composing music or mm-hmm. presenting it under... 
And especially, yeah, when you only have like a handful of bytes basically to, to sequence all your music, uh-huh. you have to, if you're going to make something good, you have to make something that won't get tiring. Right. You know, whereas, I mean, you know, not that, not to cast too many aspersions on Mr. Sadowski, <laughs> uh, but I don't know, he, he had access to a full range of any, you know, instruments he wants over any Sound period of time. Yeah. Which sort of brings us to the uh, the wrap up, I think. Yeah. Um, so as far as sort of like novel ideas and concepts that were presented, uh, definitely like having the blob as your AI companion mm-hmm. is a pretty good. It seems like a pretty key advancement. Like I can't really think of a lot of other games, especially in that era, but even like no. around that time, or even now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that really have that same kind of thing going on. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's kind of cool. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, just the level of, um, like, artificial intelligence in the blob um, is impressive. Um, and and the ability to make these sort of open-world segments um, for the time is also pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and not something that you really saw that much. Right. I feel like. Well, because it, it almost gets to kind of like like Metroid yeah. levels of exploration. Or I was thinking of uh, maybe this would be more non-linear, but like uh, Legacy of the Legacy Wizard. Legacy of the Wizard, yeah. Um, that makes sense. That, that also has the same sort of like you go down into the caves and right. you know, up again to yeah. switch things up. It's weird. In, in other games, I usually find slippery controls to be annoying in this game, it takes some getting used to, but it's not bad. Yeah. And I don't really know how to reconcile that. <laughs> I don't know. Again, if it's just like we still remember the way it feels from Maybe. playing it over and over again as kids, you know? Because yeah. uh, there's definitely times where I'm like, well, I didn't mean to run into that guy. Like, I just like slid on the <laughs> rock ice ground and hit this guy. Uh-huh. Um but, but yeah, somehow that still feels better than the sluggishness right. of the third game. Yeah. So. Uh. Um, and then, like we were talking about before, the uh, the music and how it sort of interacts with gameplay, yeah. I would say, is a good innovation. Yeah, that's like a that's a high note. Yeah, I would say def- for this oh. game. <laughs> <laughs> well, are there any innovations in the new one, in the remake? The ability to aim your beans. Yeah, I guess. But even that's only an innovation since the old one, you know? And really, maybe only applicable to the the new one? Yeah. Because... It would would have been useful to have in the old game. And they could have done it in the old game, too, I think. Uh, What about the name of the game? Okay, the name. Boy Uh, is Blob. So so what's weird about... (laughs) The original two games is they have these very like dramatic subtitles to them. Right. Um, so all together, right, <laughs> right? The first game is David Crane's Boy and His Blob, Trouble on Blobolonia. Uh-huh. And then the second one is David Crane's Blo- Boy and His Blob, Rescue the Princess Blob, 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 <laughs> Those are entirely too long. Yes. There That's doesn't silly. need to be a subtitle to either of those. No. <laughs> Except for maybe the second one because it is the sequel. They could have just said Buenos Blob 2. True. Or Buenos Blob the Adventure Continues. 
boy and his blob friends for I don't know <laughs> I don't need Blobette to be there in the first place so. <laughs> um, and then the remake is fine also it's just a boy and his blob yeah which, which I think is, is smart yeah that's all that title that. needs it's not to be. someone's boy and his blob there's no subtitle it's just a boy and his blob right it is very descriptive I mean like there's a boy and there's a blob yes and now you know everything you need to know about the game yeah that's all the setup you need I tried to I tried to come up with other titles and I couldn't think of anything better. Yeah. Do you have any? Boy, boy and his blob, the deposition of the evil king of Blobolonia. Oh. Uh, regicide. <laughs> boy is blob regicide. <laughs> Patricide? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's his uh, boy and his blob Hamlet. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think this this game has a perfectly fine title. Yeah. Um, I I would be curious to know if I mean I feel like and this is maybe me being cynical. Them putting David Crane's name on it feels like a marketing thing, mm-hmm. but it also seems strange because it doesn't feel like it would mean anything to people. Right. It certainly didn't to us. Right. And. And I didn't even, like, until we went back and did this, I didn't even notice that. (laughs) Yeah. How can the name possibly be important to a, you know, eight-year-old? Right. Well, or, you know, potentially their parents who are buying it for their kids. But I feel like, I mean, we didn't really, and this is just my recollection, so it could be a different way. The idea of, like... uh, programmers or designers as like cultural personalities didn't really come around until like doom right like yeah like john id romero. and john romero and, <laughs> and maybe even Meyer. Like, what about sin city but was he still slapping his was he slapping his name on i those? actually don't remember i said no it wasn't until later in the 90s yeah right and and like uh oh wait sid meyer civilization yes but who is sim city Uh, he should have put his name on it yeah we would have remembered Um, uh, or like uh, yeah but that guy does have a name yes SimCity guy SimCity guy Um, Mr. Maxis um, or the one that I think of often is like Origin you know like uh, Ultima um, Mm -hmm. what's his name Lord British. Lord British. His real name. I don't know what his real name but, is. But, you know, he's he's another person that you could maybe consider being sort of a yeah. cultural figure outside of his contribution to games. Right. I guess, like, like, Gygax would have kind of had that for Dungeons & Dragons. Like, people probably knew his name. Yeah. Although you don't see, like... You Gary know, Gygax. Gary Gygax's... Dragons, yeah, right. That's true. Uh, poor... The, pool of radiance or whatever <laughs> yeah so i don't know that seems so if it's not that it must be the james cameron thing right like this is my listen avatar <laughs> right this is my avatar this is my this is the only avatar yeah. <laughs> i want you to know that i made this, this. <laughs> is david kane's boy in his blog right <laughs> it's i don't know it's interesting it's one of those things that i just it, you don't see it very much so you gotta wonder about. And he didn't say like David Crane's pitfall. No. Which is weird. I guess maybe at the time he couldn't have predicted like. 
<laughs> what what game was gonna you know he was gonna stay known for? Right, and like the other games that he made, they they aren't like David David Crane's Ghostbusters. Yeah. Or, although maybe that since it's a movie adaptation, that's true. But like it's not David Crane's Pitfall too. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. David this... Crane, if you have the answer to this, please yeah, please, let us know. <laughs> please reach, reach out. I should have emailed David Crane and see yeah. if I could have. I think on the podcast. If, if this was an NPR podcast, we would actually have a recording to insert here yeah. of us calling him <laughs> and having like an awkward but enlightening conversation right. with him. We, we don't do that. No. We don't have that. <laughs> that's, that's the next tier of support. That's right. <laughs> um, so Room for Improvement. Yes. I don't want to say it's a perfect... The first one is a perfect game. Oh, it's not. Because it's not. <laughs> but what it is, is pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, for me, the main thing that I could think of is the inclusion of an in-world map. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's... That would have been useful and it would have been nice. And it wouldn't have been unprecedented either, given you have, like, Zelda. Right. That already has dungeon maps. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, although I did not come up with a jelly bean pun associated with it, <laughs> is you could just have a map jelly bean oh, that yeah, you could turn really good the blob into. <laughs> yeah. And it wouldn't even necessarily have to show you, like, your location if it just showed where the treasures are. Yeah. That's really all you need. That's true. And and it for it to be detailed enough that you could see screen by screen. Yeah. So, like, when I played this time around for the podcast, I actually had a map mm. open in another window. Yeah. So I, you know, knew where I was going and what I was going for. Yeah. You know, playing through for the podcast this time, I didn't... I, I got all but, like... Four of the treasures, I think, without yeah. even feeling like I was going that much out of my way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe like maybe when we were kids, it seemed a lot more like difficult to seek out. But now it seems like they're kind of where you expect them. To yeah, be most of the time. That's true. And there's a lot of treasures under the water for some reason. A lot, like three <laughs> diamonds yeah. and a treasure and a treasure chest. chest. <laughs> and we fight that treasure chest. Yeah, it's dumb. It's, it's surrounded by spikes. Too, yeah. And it wasn't worth it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one thing about the first and second game is you don't really have a sense of progression. Yeah. Like, you you don't really know how long it's going to take you to get where you're going. Yeah. Which is something that the, the third game actually does really well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in, you know about how long each stage is. You know, there's three chests in it. You can see on your overworld map how far you are away from the end stage. Mm-hmm. In like geographical terms, yeah. And again, like maybe that's a little bit of a limitation of the 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 old Nintendo games or whatever. But like, it does kind of feel like you're just dropped into it. You're like, I don't know how far I have to go or where I'm going or how I'm going to get there. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know what? I mean, they could have been a little bit more. I never found myself running out of jelly beans. Yeah, which is good. Um, what they could have done is instead of giving you the root beer. Right off the bat, they could have put it in that end screen yeah. where the manhole cover is. Yeah. Because they do that nice. with other beans. Yeah. You can't get lime, the key lime until then. You can't get the Applejack until then because you need to use the Applejack to open right. it. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit weird. The uh, Going through the challenges in the third one and unlocking concept art really didn't feel like a great reward to me. No. Uh, because... I mean, concept art is okay, I guess, but it's not it's not that gratifying to be able to look at it. Yeah, I 
I like that concept art is a thing that we've started putting into games as like a reward for doing stuff because if I'm really into a game, yeah, like seeing concept art, especially like character sketches or stuff like, you know, this is the state. Oh, when we first thought about this character, you know, we thought that they'd be a pirate, right? But they turned into this thing that you have now. Like yeah. that stuff is cool. Um, but only if I'm already interested in the game. <laughs> right. Like, just up front, I don't really care about concept art. Yeah, and actually, really, in the sense of this game, I was desperate to find anything to be like, what's, like, why am I still playing this game? Like, something <laughs> here must be worthwhile. And going through the process of getting the chests and going through the challenge level, the the concept art just felt like kind of a letdown. Like, ah, oh, this is just another way that this game is wasting my time. Uh-huh. Uh, it also has a really annoying little choice where you can't flip through the art on your own. It slideshows for you. Yeah. And some of the art has writing on it, and it doesn't give you enough time to read all the little details about uh-huh. like, the notes that someone has taken on the boy design or whatever. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. That is weird. Um, and it sucks that the third one isn't more open world. I really yes. miss that from yeah. the first one. And I don't think it... I think it really just underlines how sort of, like, bland and boring the third one is. Yeah, it... I don't... Again, like, unless this is a game made specifically for, for like children... kids, yeah. Um, I don't see a reason to take the open world away. Right. Do you think that we, as children, would have been impressed with the third one like would we have liked it i don't know that's a good question i almost think we would we still would have thought it was kind of like easy and childish yeah maybe you know like even as children (laughs) yeah especially because like if we're already like if we're already playing castlevania 3 right which is neither of those things Uh uh-huh and then to go back to this like boy and his blob we'd be like well this is or even like even something I never really got, I think maybe you made some progress in it, uh, but like we had like Ultima 3 and 4, mm-hmm. and I remember playing that game a lot and never really understanding it. Yeah. But still like enjoying it, the, the you know, exploration of it, and right. like wandering around and fighting monsters is fun. Yeah. Um, and just like going different places in the world is fun. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, I don't... I don't know that, you know, I didn't even, like, I didn't have a concept of the open world, or I couldn't, it would have been overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was overwhelming to me, but, <laughs> but, Ultima, yeah. but mostly I think that comes from the, the lack of explanation and the, you know, the mechanics of it, and less yeah. of the actual presentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, like... I know, uh, you know, Mario is probably an unfair uh, comparison, but that's a similar sort of setup. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you probably, or actually this is, this is a better comparison. What about like Little Nemo, oh. which is not, it is stage-based, but they're much bigger stages. Um, if, so what if instead of having everything broken up, it was like two bigger levels. Yeah. If they were little Nemo size levels is actually probably a really good 
like benchmark to try and hit. Yeah. That seems like that would have been much more appropriate. Because, again, I don't, I don't really particularly remember making much progress in that game. It was a hard game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I also wasn't like terribly overwhelmed by the size of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, do you think that it benefits from having a hub? It does like I mean, I do it does like the treehouse. <laughs> feel good to go back to it every time, or do you wish that you just went to the next stage? I wish I could just go to the next stage. Yeah, not that I'm against the idea of a hub at all. Uh, just there needs to be a reason to go back to it. Yeah, and going doing the challenge levels is not a reason. Looking at art is not a reason. Selecting which level to go to next is not a reason. Right, you need to come up with something more compelling than that. Even if it's if it's something like, you know, on your path out from the treehouse, you go through a bunch of levels and then eventually, you know, beat the boss or whatever and then unlock something new in your treehouse that gives you a new path out to the new set of levels. Uh-huh. Like, you have something. <laughs> or I kept on thinking, because this game is so, like, story-light, um, I kept on thinking, like, after each level, maybe there would be something, like... Or, or like, you know, because you, when you get all the treasures, you unlock these, like, mementos yeah. kind of things that you interact with. I thought maybe those would, like, give us, like, oh, you know, the, this is the time that the boy found the blob. Or right. this is, you know, like, what, why is there a small child living in the forest by himself? Yeah. Or little things like that. Um, but it, it's 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 like oh you got an you got a stuffed alligator yeah you got a weird tiki mask thing <laughs> why is this happening right you, you found a canoe yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they're just uh, yeah there's I don't know there's no context for why you should care about these things yeah you could um, okay when you when you beat a sequence of levels and beat the boss at the end you unlock a new jelly bean. That gives you a new power that lets you traverse the world in a new way that lets you go through a path that you could only look at before mm. from the treehouse. Sure. You now have the uh, oh, no. you now have the uh, the you know, you now have the rocket beam that lets you shoot up into the cloud level. You now have the uh, drill beam that lets you drill down into the caverns. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Just like something, some sort of reason so it's not just an artificial gate yeah. basically yeah yeah okay um we wouldn't really recommend this game i i don't know i it's it's a hard actually either of them any of them yeah. are are kind of a hard recommendation if you grew up playing Nintendo games and somehow you didn't play this game, yeah, I I maybe class it as a hidden gem. Yeah, if you're looking for a, a diamond in the rough, right? Um, yeah, but I I don't necessarily think I would recommend it to people that no haven't played it or aren't Nintendo nostalgic yeah, already. I, yeah, I think the only reason is if you're digging for Nintendo games that you never <laughs> played before and want one that has. Still has some charm to it. Yeah, I think it's definitely that. But it's not. It's not something like a Mario or a Metroid right. that you need to play right. if you want to be informed where that lineage of games came from. Yeah, because I can't even think of like 
I know that they kept on making pitfall games, but those just turned into like regular platformers. Yeah. Nothing really, you know, even though the uh, David Crane wanted this to be the next step, this is like a... Di- evolutionary dead end for this yeah, genre. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to put it. Which is which is too bad. Mm-hmm. Like, there are things that could have been taken and, and, and brought into more modern games. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the new one... I don't recommend to anyone yeah, for any no. reason, honestly. There's nothing, there's nothing really there. You could spend your time playing so many other better games. Yeah. It's too bad. I, it's too I, bad. <laughs> I really had high hopes. I was excited when I heard they remade it, but yeah, no dice. And definitely don't play the Game Boy game. Yeah, there's no reason there, to do that to yourself. Yeah. If if you're going to play the Game Boy game, you might as well play the Nintendo game. Yeah, because it's just strictly better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, next time. Oh, yeah, what's next time? We're going to be playing Blasphemous, Blasphemous. which I'm really oh, excited yeah, yeah. about. Um, it's a Metroidvania with Souls um, mechanics. Which but, we've tried before. Right. But <laughs> I, I've, I've sampled a little bit of it uh, because I'm really excited to play it. Um, and it feels more Metroidvania forward than mm. Souls, um, which I think is going to be a winning winning combination yeah. uh, but I actually I, I helped kickstart this game um, pretty excited it just came out this month um, it looks really it cool it looks really cool like I, I I try not to get into trailers too much <laughs> just because like I feel like most of the time they're just marketing uh-huh. but like the trailer does look really cool and like the way the game the looks art, looks really cool yeah like, Ah, it looks really good. If it can, if it can deliver on the promise that the trailer is making, yeah. then I'm, I can tell I'm gonna like it a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that'll be next time. Yeah. Um, in, uh, but you know, in the meantime, if you uh, like, like the things you're like, hearing, yeah. uh, share it with your friends. Give uh, us some ratings. Give us some ratings on the various platforms. Uh, we have a Facebook page that's mostly inactive uh-huh. on uh, facebook.com forward slash Games These Podcast. And we're on Tumblr, gamesthesepodcast.tumblr.com. Um, we also have uh, iTunes. We're on iTunes, uh, CastBox, and Spotify, yeah. all under Games These Days. Yeah. Um, and maybe and maybe someday <laughs> I'll stop saying that we have a website soon and start saying that we have a website now. Uh, but until then... Should we should we record ourselves like singing the theme song? Sure. Wait, wait starting from the t- from the da 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 da. Yeah. Okay. Da 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 da
Oh, man. 